voice of the black and amber. Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Chadwick's Kilkenny and Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM for top class sport. And it's Sunday the 18th of June and you're very welcome to Talk Sport here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Well, plenty of sport around the place. Not so much in Kilkenny. We had some club games over the weekend and uh, lots of underage competitions. But really, as events go, it was, uh, it's a kind of the calm before the storm as we all wait for the 9th of uh, July when Kilkenny will take on of course uh, the winners of Clare and now Dublin as we know I was in uh, Network Cullen Park yesterday to see Dublin get the better of uh, Carlo but it was uh, not that easy, let's kill that team now Now uh, it was not that easy, they had to work very very hard, it was not until late in the game that Dublin got to grips uh, with uh, the Carlo guys, Dublin very very messy in the first half coughing up a lot of the ball, allowing turnovers very easily, poor short play poor control but Carlo were certainly more than playing their part in a, in a decent competitive game and I suppose not for the first time RT kind of foo-pawed with the game they put on Diego because the dublin Carlo game was always going to be the more interesting game and uh, Dublin came good in the end they played a bit more direct in the second half getting the ball into Keena Sullivan at full forward was a big big help he was uh, causing all sorts of difficulties uh, for the uh, Carlo full back and uh, that certainly was a big big help uh, for the Dublin lads and the Dublin midfield played quite well I think they got 1-5 from play between them plenty plenty of mobility there and a very strong middle of defence in uh, Owen O'Donnell and in uh, Conor Burke big strong men who were very much on the game so Dublin through to play uh, Clare are they good enough to beat Clare not so sure about that they will have to uh, do an awful lot more Donald Burke was quite carried a knee injury into the game so perhaps he just went through the motions yesterday but he'll need to be on top of his game good on the freeze of course as he always is but he certainly will need to be able to do an awful lot more when they line out against Clare we'll know in the next day or so when we know those games are taking place next Saturday we don't actually know uh, where the venues are yet uh, given that Cork are looking for a game down in uh, Parque Creeve given that Tipperary may not be given the guitarist for obvious reasons as well it may be Galway and uh, Tipperary might go to Limerick so where will uh, Cork and Dublin I know a little place not too far from where I am here today that would happily uh, look after them here on Saturday uh, who knows what might happen but in Tullamore yesterday I'm afraid uh, Offaly came very unstuck against uh, Tipperary the highest uh, score ever in a championship match over 80 points and uh, all sorts of records uh, broken yesterday more about that and on and certainly didn't make good reading for Offaly perhaps what was more disappointing maybe from the players was that two weeks previously huge crowds turned up to support the under 20 team in Thurles and they were none to be seen yesterday in Tullamore where the Tipperary people far outnumbered them in terms of the level of support. So, not sure that seems a kind of strange, but that 7.38 to 3.18 was a big, big score. 3.18 was a lot to concede, I suppose, from a Tipperary point of view, but 7.38 was a whopping score. And Tipperary, after an indifferent display again, Waterford, are certainly back on track. No question about that. So that's the hurling, and we'll wait to see what happens, where they'll play those games next weekend. Tipperary v Galway, and Clare v Dublin. Looking forward uh, to those games, wherever they might be. Well, today was a big football day. Well, it was also yesterday as well, and we had some dramatic games. I mean, football has maybe got its uh, challenges, but uh, some very good games today, it must be said. I saw Cork and Mayo. I thought it was a fantastic match, but a couple of very one-sided matches, of course, which, look, is probably what we can expect here. In uh, Group 1, Kerry had a very facile win over uh, Louth. And uh, Louth obviously finished that uh, finished the group with no points. Kerry are on four, top of the group. Corker second by virtue of defeating Mayo today. And that was a fantastic win because there were six points behind at one side, at one stage towards the latter quarter of the game. And they brought on a sub, uh, Sherlock, and he scored 1-5. Now that's the way you want your subs to impact the match. No, uh, no question about that. He was fantastic and Cork deserved to win that match. And there was a lot of glee and excitement uh, among the Cork supporters that don't particularly travel in big numbers to support their uh, Gaelic football team. But it was a lighter for John Cleary. He's a good guy and uh, he was happy as Larry today after the match. Well, Group 2 has just wrapped up and drama, drama, drama up in uh, Park Sean McDermott in Carrick and Shannon. 
where Galway had a chance to get a late equalising point at, which would have tied the game but more importantly it would have put them in uh, first spot in the group as it happened Armagh held out the ball was dropped short from Shane Walsh and Armagh uh, win that on the head to head actually they have the both the same points but Armagh win it on the head to head they go straight into the quarterfinals Galway are second and Tyrone are third Tyrone drew with um, Westmead today now as it happens even if Westmead had to win they probably they wouldn't have uh, got through anyway because Tyrone's scoring difference was marginally better than them so that's that group in group 3 well, the Dublin had a very facile win over Sligo today. They topped the group in five points, Sligo with one, so they're, uh, they're safely through into the quarterfinals. Second place is Kildare. <coughs> now, there's a big question is, who do Kildare have? Becoming second, they have uh, a home venue for the preliminary quarterfinal. They defeated Roscommon today in dramatic fashion with a late point, but where will Kildare nominate as their home venue? They did nominate UPMC Nolan Park for the game against Dublin. Uh, the word I'm hearing is they might go back to today's venue, which was in uh, Tullamore uh, to play their home preliminary quarterfinal. We obviously don't know yet who they'll be playing because tomorrow morning the teams that finished second will be in one group, one pot, and the teams that finished third will be in another pot and out they'll go. Trying to avoid obviously pairings in the um, uh, the, the round robin system so far and in the provinces as far as possible. So let's see what that. So look, there's a possibility there could be a big game here in UPMC in Ireland Park next weekend. Let's keep the fingers crossed and finally in group 4 which was played off yesterday Derry win that 5 points on that Donegal second <coughs> excuse me frog in the throat Donegal are second by virtue of defeating Monaghan yesterday they get a home draw with Monaghan uh, having to play an away preliminary quarter final so there are the, the big games in today's uh, football plenty of excitement I must say uh, and some good quality football as well even if a few games were a little bit uh, one sided uh, the Kilkenny Junior Ladies Gaelic footballers were in action today they had no joy it must be said against Limerick Limerick winning comfortably down in uh, John Locke Park uh, in Callan today right <coughs> excuse me now just a couple of things I just noticed a tweet today which was very interesting actually and it's something probably the GA needs to pick up on uh, in relation to games that were played yesterday and the amount of uh, thunder and lightning that took place and players out on the pitch uh, with helmets on them so perhaps the GA needs to have a policy about dealing with issues like that not a bad point made by the tweeter yesterday it must be said Seamus Callan now has 40 championship goals all from play so no modern forward comes anywhere close to that record so must be said it's a fair old record to have and not to I don't think too many players will uh, will ever meet, reach that target if, if anyone will and finally in relation to yesterday's preliminary quarterfinals I suspect we might have seen the end of them given the one-sided nature of the game in Tullamore and while the game in Carlow was very competitive up to the last 10, 8 to 10 minutes I think it's the last time you'll see Joe McDonough winners and losers uh, coming into the preliminary quarterfinal they'd also free up a little bit of extra time to be honest about it. Okay, we're going to have our first piece here now and as I said uh, back in oh, 2006 I approached the GA about uh, getting involved in writing its own history. We had always been dependent on external people and others to write our history but I felt the GA itself should commission uh, somebody to write our history and we engaged with a crowd called Boston College and um, met them and talked about it and anyway they put a process together and, and among that uh, process, one of the things was they produced a couple of books out of it, real quality books some of you might have seen them, they're probably in the library and uh, but they also did an oral history where they literally spoke to people around the country people who had connections in various ways with the GA, uh, inter-county players, officials and ordinary down to ordinary club people so I've got hold of a couple of those and one of them is a man from my own parish that went on to star for Tullerone and Kilkenny and that's Shem Downey and you know him also as the father of Anne and Angela and a lot more of them as well, Olga and James also. But uh, a great man, Shem, so I thought you might like to hear this. This is from around 2009. What are your earliest memories of the GAA? Well, I played in Croke Park in 1939, the day the war broke out, thunder and lightning. But it wasn't, um, it wasn't raining on when we were playing. And uh, we were playing Cork. And um, the rain started just before the match was over. I don't remember much about it after that. But uh, anyhow, when the seniors started to play the Thunder and Lightning game, and at half time of the senior match, 
there was a man by the name of Danny O'Connell that trained the senior team. And he gathered all the miners in under the stand. And we had kneeled down and said the rosary that none had be, there'd be no one hurted in the senior match. Very good. So when that match was over, we had to... to, to no, at half time at that match, we had to, to give our jerseys and our togs to the senior team because they were drowned. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's about all I can remember about it now. Don't ever remember coming home or... Yeah, we went... Um, we were taken then on the, on the Monday to, to Independent Paper House, Independent, and we were shown around the, the, the premises and... That's, that's about what I remember now about it. And how did you first become involved in the GAA? Well, the brothers at home hurled and my father was a footballer and they used to bring me to the matches and that's how I got involved. Very good. And do you think going to even the whole aspect of matches now compared to when you were young, are they much different? No, no there's no difference. There's no difference at all, actually, only that charging a man now is different from my time. You could jostle a man, but now you can't jostle a man. If you touch him, it's a foul. Mm. And do you think that's a bad thing? Well, I think, I think the road is right not to, yeah. not to hurt a man anyway, like when you jostle him. Yeah. What does the GAA mean to you? Oh, sure, it meant everything to me, especially when I opened my shop. Our GAA people came in and supported me. Be walking down the street any day of the week and, and meet people and they say hello to them, and I wouldn't know them if they had known me from the Orland. Lovely, yeah. Did your family have a tradition with the GAA? Yeah, they had, definitely, yeah. My father was a footballer. As I said, my brothers and my sisters, they all played. Sisters played camogie and brothers played hurling and football. Four of us played together one, one Sunday. <coughs> so was it a big part of your life as a young it was, boy? It was all my life. Going to school wasn't anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> <you> that much. <laughs> Who was your biggest rival on the field within the GAA? Well, I played upon Christy Ring, and sure, he's supposed to be one of the greatest of all time. But well, I I, I held him for for twenty nine minutes. That was a score, so he scored a goal on me in the last minute, and then they took me off him at half time, and they put a a different man on him, and he the different man had played, and I couldn't mention his name now. <laughs> He had played senior four or five times and he scored a goal and five points off it. Wow. Off of that chap that went on him. Yeah. So if I had been left on him, I'd never have been heard of again. Mm. He'd, he'd have destroyed me, <laughs> which he did to many a one. Yeah. So who do you think were the best players on the field during your playing time? Well, there was Bill Welch and there was uh, Jim Langton and there was Jack Mulcahy and Tom Walton. They were all good. Or the Walton, sure, the Walton was, had a great tradition of hurling. Hmm. Who do you think is the best player now? Oh, she will have to say Henry, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> Brave. Yeah. Good answer, yes, yeah. And how do you think today's great players compare with the great players of your era? <laughs> well, as I said before, we all thought we were better than the ones that came after us. So <laughs> let someone else prove that. <laughs> were you actively involved in any other aspect of the GA? Not really, only the Komogi, that's all. You trained Komogi? Yeah, I trained the Komogi. And did you enjoy training Kamogi? I did, yeah. How long did you train them for? About uh, four years, I think. They're about, about four years. And had you any great successes with oh, them? Oh, we won a couple of all I don't know how many. I won a couple, anyway. 
maybe three, maybe four, I forget now. Very good. Um, how does your daughter, do your daughter's successes make you feel? Oh, I'm very proud of them. Yeah. I think they were the greatest Kamoki players of all time. Mm-hmm. Irrespective of who came out of Wexford. <laughs> How involved were you in your daughter's smoggy? I was heavily involved in it, yeah. I was. Brought him over when they were young and let him out order and brought him to the matches and that's how they picked it up. Mm. People used to say to me, you get him a great training. I never told him what to do, the thought and the field and picked it up and that was that. Or as I can gather. What was the best game of hurling you ever saw? Well, all Ireland last year, Tipping Kilkenny. Anyone's game up to the last minute. Luckily, we came out on the right side. And were you at that game? I was, yeah. That were beaten. Five minutes to go. I said to Angela, we're a bit. And she says, we're not yet. <laughs> and we got the call from the penalty and then we got the next one. And that was... It was over then for Tipperary. Um, how has the GA affected your family life? I'm sure it didn't affect it at all, actually. I enjoyed every minute of it. If that's the right answer to give you. Yeah, yeah. And... Did your your whole family got involved in it yeah. throughout the years, yeah? Yeah, the whole family did, yeah. Um, is there much of a difference now between even getting to matches in, say, Croke Park? Is it as much of a, a big a deal now, do you think, as when you were playing? Actually, it's much the same, I'd say to travel there is or, or to get well, accommodation or what do you mean like even to play to for your team to get there do you think it's as much of an honour to play in Croke Park oh lord it is of course a terrible honour to play in Croke Park yeah surely and how did you feel knowing that you were going to be playing in Croke Park thought the day had never come <laughs> very good and as well about travelling to Croke Park, is there as much of a difference now? Well, uh, we, we, we used to go by bus, if that's the right answer to give yeah, you. Yeah. You know, when I was hurling now, yeah. first of all, if I was going up to an early match now, I wouldn't drive myself and or Angela drive, you know. It is fairly tough to get up there too. To, park and all that you know yeah how do you feel about foreign sports being played in Croke Park I think it's a good thing yeah I know and what harm are they doing it? not doing any harm yeah make friends yeah are you happy to see Galway and Antrim playing in the Leinster Championship uh, I'm happy to see a league or uh, Antrim playing but not Galway and why not? Because um, Galway would be too good now for the Lake Leagues or Westmeath or Offaly. Come to the semi final stages, then they could be beaten in it. Or maybe in the All Ireland, or they're after knocking out other teams. Mm. You know, let's, let, let them um, come into the, the semi final end of it, not to have them playing against weaker teams. Mm. You know, which they will be meeting now, they'll be meeting leagues in the first round. Yeah. You know, and that finishes leagues. Yeah. And Antrim, do you think it's a good thing that Antrim. Yeah, will be? Antrim will be in a par with Offaly and Leaks and Westmeath and those. Mm. Maybe Wexford. <laughs> <laughs> what was the best game of hurling you ever saw? Did I not answer that there with the Tipperary? Oh, any. yes. Sorry. And what about the best game of hurling you played in? 
1950 league final. The paper said the next day, if ever a man earned a trip to America, down he did. But he didn't get it anyway. Didn't matter, it wouldn't have gone anyway. <laughs> I'd have to. My father asked me to know him the pre- Wednesday before if you win on Sunday, will you go to America? I suppose I will. Stay at home, he says, and mind your shop. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what he said. <laughs> Typical father, then. Yeah. So. Who, did, who were you playing the day of that match? Tipperary. Yeah. And what was the game like? Oh, a great game, yeah. They beat it by two points, I think. Yeah. And we, we, we met in Denadal Ireland after that year. And they beat it by a pint. Mm. I was never on a Kilkenny team that beat Tipperary. As often as they played How does it feel, how did it feel to come so close to winning and then being beaten by just... Oh. One or two points. You, you never felt it right when you were going up the street the next morning and they'd be shouting at you. You, you <laughs> thrown it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The corners of the ditch. Yeah. Oh, it's just disgusting to lose. Mm-hmm. Lads cried in, that, in, the, in the dressing room after coming in. Yeah. And how did it feel to win? Oh, sure. Oh, no, it was great to win. 1947, I don't know that I was in. Mm. It was just great. Then the coming home part of it was great too, sure. Yeah. Um, who do you think will win this year's All-Ireland? Actually, Kenny. There's no names in it. <laughs> Why do you think that? Oh, I'm sure. It happened as you said, the bit steam is going. Mm. At the present moment, anyway. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for taking You're welcome. Part. Right, that was the late Shem Downey. I hope Anne and Angie and the family enjoyed listening to that. I certainly did. Well, I was listening to it during the week in preparation. And it's important we play back those stories of men who wore the black and amber over the years and uh, in Shem's case, obviously, was a key figure in the development of Camogie in Kilkenny and especially his own two daughters. Uh, good memories of Shem and uh, nice to hear that. Uh, we'll take a break and back with more after this. We'll try and get Bear Scott on the phone. The Voice of the Black and Amber. Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Jadwick's Kilkenny and Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM for Top Class Sport. And you're very welcome back to Sunday Talk Sport. Can't get Bear on the line, but I'll go through the results myself. The first race, the 125 from Gordon Park. The Irish Stallion Farms, EBF Maiden, number first, number four, Joel, 22 to one. Second, number one, Air Commander, five to one. And third, number seven, Olagopi at three to one. Uh, there was 10 ran and uh, there was a number of uh, non-runners as well. Second race was the golf at Gordon Park Handicap. Uh, seven furlong race. First, number 17, the Foghorn, 12 to 1. Second, number 13, Gosford, 25 to 1. Third, number 15, Master Garvey at uh, 6 to 1, 15 ran. Third race at the Irish Stallion Farms, EBF Phillies and Mares Handicap. Seven furlongs. First, uh, Plume Noir, 8 to 1. Second, number 8, Touching Cords, 4 to 1. Third, number 6, Coombe Shingon, 11 to 4, favourite. Nine ran. The uh, 305 is the packages on gordonpark.ie handicap, uh, one mile. First, number 4, Kodiak Prince, 9 to 4, favourite. Second, number 14, Pink Socks, 8 to 1. And third, number 6, Princess Raja, 8 to 1. Race another uh, 340 is the packaging on Gordon Park. Handicap Division 2, uh, one mile. Uh, first, number 8, Crimeric, uh, 14 to 1. Second, number 12, Corbellis Flyers, 3 to 1 favourite. And third, number 13, 2 metres apart, 14 run. 14, 14 to 1 and 12 ran. The 415 is a Ladies' Day. Uh, July the 29th, Prentice Handicap, uh, one mile and uh, one and a half furlongs. Number first, number seven, Sea Spray, 11 to two. Second, number four, six pack, five to two. Third, Evening Emperor, 100 to 37 ran. And the final race, the 450, Derry Stellan, Farms, EBF, Phillies and Mayors, Maiden, 
first number 12 Max Oaks uh, 12 to 1 second number 16 Sandy Creek 8 to 13 favourite and third number 8 Feather Top 16 to 1 sorry there is one more race the 525 the Thomastown race first number 6 Trust Your, Trust Your Instinct 11 to 8 favourite second number 2 Casanova 8 to 1 and third number 4 is Vellum uh, Veller uh, is 9 to 2 let's see can we get the uh, the racing from um down Patrick, we'll just get that up here now. And the first there is the uh, 145. The Adair uh, made an opportunity hurdle. <coughs> first number one, Mr. Twist, five to four favourite. Second number eleven, Dylan's Day, thirty to two. And third number twelve, Glen Mars Marler, nine to one. <coughs> the stick day, two twenty. Cab Plant Maiden Hurlil. First number two, All in Ma- in Mont Marte, twenty to one. Second number fifteen, Tully Bond, fifteen to one. Third number seven, Foxfire Glow. Five to four favourites. The two fifty five, the Irish Stallion Farms, EBF Mayor's Handicap Hurdle, number one, Cotty fourteen to one. Number two, our second number one is a uh, Royal Eagle is, is uh, thirteen to two to number six one there, Cotty. Uh, second number one, Royal Eagle thirteen to two. Third number four, no doubt about that, at twelve to one. The 320, the Tor Always SP or better at Downpatrick Opportunity Handicap Hurdle, that's a mouthful. First number six, Rock on Shamey, five to one. Second number five, By Your Side, five to two favourite. And third number eight, I Don't Get It, ten to one. The 405, the Dunlap Holmes rated Novice Hurdle. First number four, Charlie Luciano, five to two. Second number three, Sequoia Spirit, five to four favourite. And third number seven, Prioritise, nine to two. The 440, the Racing TV for free now at racingtv.com free trial handicap hurdle wow I have another mouthful first number 4 goody girl 33 to 1 second number 7 jinx links 6 to 1 third number 8 natural breeze 17 to 2 and finally the 515 the Irish Stallion Farms EBF Mares Pro-Am INH flat race first number 6 River Tara 4 to 5 favourites second number 1 airdrop 4 to 1 and third number 4 gone for tea at 5 to 1 uh, the big golf in America is uh, underway Rory McIlroy will be heading out shortly hoping to win that out in um, Los Angeles uh, big the open out there and of course the Canadian Grand Prix is on this evening starting at uh, 7 o'clock also Right, back to our second interview now. And, uh, well, no, I'll tell you what I do. We'll actually, we might just uh, take a break, uh, maybe first, and uh, then we'll uh, get our uh, second interview shortly after that. And it'll take us up until um, uh, 7 o'clock. And uh, we won't get out all in, but we'll be playing the balance of it or tomorrow, next week or maybe the week after. But for now, uh, we'll just take a break. The Voice of the Black and Amber. Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Jadwick Kilkenny and Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM for Top Class Sport and you're very welcome back to the programme well back to our second interview now and it's with uh, Billy Drennan of Galmai a family steeped in the GA who do Trojan work in that club it might be small maybe but it's fantastic uh, what they achieve up there in uh, Galmai and they had the vision of course to join with Wangap when maybe they didn't have the numbers and I applaud them for that but here we'll start this interview and we'll play as much as we can up to seven but don't worry we will get the rest of it uh, as well over the next couple of weeks. What year were you born? For 1925. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. And where were you born and raised, Billy? Oh, uh, Ralogan. 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 Yeah. 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 And you know where it is. I do. Ralogan, yeah. yeah. And what what was Ralogan like when you were growing up? What kind of a place was it? Uh, everyone miserable, poor. Oh, no, there was no money. We had no... Well, my accommodator is in it now. The first horror, little horror I got was Jim Grace of Johnstone Minute. That'd be... The Grace, the young Grace, when Seamus and me, he, he was a, a carpenter. And he liked me some more than the religious lad. He was doing something for us and he took to me and bought me a hurdle. It was the grandest thing I ever got. Short the order. And would there have been hurling in Rathlogan when you were growing up? Was there what? Was it, would there have been people hurling in Rathlogan? Oh, there was, was 13 in family in Henderson's and they all hurled. That would be the great of me, Henderson and all those 13 in a minute. They were all, Rathlogan was... A town in itself. 
to know it. There was ah, there were all big families. So there were a great man played with all my older Rallo when he was Jimmy Lennon. They called Puddin Lennon. When he was a goalkeeper. He was a good man, so he was. So I remember them all then up along like that. I remember them all coming and taking me here and taking me there. Come on, Willie, come on, Willie. Get up in the bar of the week. There was no such thing as a, as a moth or anything like that. Or walk it or sit up in the bar of the week. One or the other. We used to walk. To, I went to get a bond school. Mrs. Carl teaches me now what was proceeding on the teaching upon me. I was so good. Because <laughs> 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 she teaches me. And I went to get the ball in school and then I get the ball in giant with Clintobert and uh, Liz Downey. That, that went as one parish, the team. So there was a parish team put in and I was put on it. And, or the parish there. And what did they call the team? Did they have a name? Did they call it Gathabon or did they call it? They called it Liz Downey. Liz Downey. Yeah, and Turn Tober, Gathabon. Team went together. But I went to Gathabon School. So I went all to Gathabon School. And when you were hurling in Ralogan, would you have hurled in whose fields would you have been hurling in around the place or where would you have hurled? Huh? When you were hurling in, in up in Ralogan, where where would you have played hurling? What field? Middle of the, oh, play hurling in the middle of the field. Oh, we played Tim Cormish, that was Gerald Cormish. He had ground over there. And we used to play there. And then we'd come back to Beggar for another match, make a match ourselves. And we'd have a playing Tim Cormish again. He had a lot of ground and, he never minded to tell the truth or to mercy We'd all gather up that come from Gethaborn and come from from Contober and all join and then we'd go back to Contober or their places another evening. But we all walk and are cycling. So I thought maybe some of us won't have bikes. A lot of them won't have. We'd walk off in three o'clock or four in the evening it was hard, hard going walk. And all went to school. I went to school in my bare feet all my life. Really? In the summertime of the year. We all went skiing. Skiing was next to us. Paul Skiing and Harry and Mark, Father Sean. He was a good hurler, Father Sean. I did the read about him in the bed. Yeah. And Harry, they were good hurlers. We'd all join together and meet Henderson, Nettie Henderson, Jimmy Carey, Barry Spillen. All that crowd, and we'd have crack up on one another every evening, young lads. Or they'd all get cuts everywhere. But, uh, and what, what did you wear playing hurling? Well, not only a little best tie We had no clothes. Well, that was all them that I named up there now, they were all poor families. Shane's <laughs> father was in America and he used to send home trunks of clothes and this and that and the other. They were the wealthiest. Then the Henderson's 13 a minute, they were like as old, you know, near a boost where bare feet all the time. And how many were, you, were in your family? How many was in mine? It was eight. Five girls, yeah. I am the I am the second youngest. I have a sister alive in in England. She's uh, eighty four. Ninety four. I mean, she's oldest. And she's alive in England. She expect for any time for her. She's been up in a long, long time under the nurses there in England. I was in England myself for a service. Where are you? Sir Beer in England. Oh, that's going away from them. <laughs> I, I, went o- I went over to the brother for a holiday. And um, it was broke into one Christmas. And they got in rang 
Rallogues and all they go over and they put me on the, the train and then Bally Broke let me off. So I went on to help him out beyond. Another chap who was with me was Dick Harmon. You knew Dick? I knew of him, yeah. He was in England. Mrs. Harmon Carroll, I was going to England and she came up and asked me to bring home Dick because we were shocking bleak that. John Carmick was running the farm at home, but would he think he'd be more solid or so he would. And when when was this? What would this be in oh, the, be back the 50s or the 40s? It would be back years after, so it would. Yeah. I used to, to work for, for Michael Moore then at home. Michael Moore was married to, to Sheila there in Beggar, Sheila Barksley. Michael Moore. And then I took on Sonny. To, I took him to Woodell Deer. And to, where did we go? And we went to, to North Thomas and went somewhere else. Another place we were so. And, and Sonny. Then Michael came on and his father took me to England for a partner. It was all, tell the truth, he was decent, you know, I'd done work behind for him in England. He was all around with an old lorry, collecting all, collecting all the rubbish, all the stuff. Oh, yeah, all around. And he walked like a devil in England, a clever man. And, and he walked like a devil, and he made a the farm went up there in Beggar, right up in the cross of Beggar. And then 16 acres. And he came from Dublin, got down off of the bus and bought the farm. And all the farmers were around it and none of them could buy it. And he had the money made in Dublin. I told him that. I went around in the old lorry collecting old Ripter, pelting it into the lorry. And Sonny then turned out to be... Sonny was a doctor, a dirty was a gifted doctor. There was only Sonny and Sheila in it. Sheila Barton. And, and Sonny Moore's, both Moore's they were called. And we went, did he get your money? Would uh, your father's family or your mother's family, would they have been they into came, hurling? Or they came from Johnstone. To her, Johnstone. There was no hurling in my mother's side, nor not much of it in my father's side. No. And my father came from to, to, I'm to the Rowan, be right. We came from to the Rowan. All right. We did. He came down with a load of hay down with Rallo and a young lad made one of the boys here now and never went back. Still in Rallo and, and my uncle had an old farm in Rallo and, and he stopped it. And so we came to be in. And how did you get interested in the hurling? Would you have been playing hurling all the time or would you play it in the I, national I started school? off and they all said I was good and good and <laughs> good like this and yeah. I loved hurling. Yeah. I, did. I loved going in and aladdin and pulling across them and all like that. And I, was were... I was a dirty hurler. <laughs> 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 You don't hear many people admitting that. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was so free. I fought with priests and everybody. I was called out for a priest in Johnstown. Maybe I knew Father Dan Carroll. We were hurling Johnstown. And he says, You shouldn't be hurling again. Your own parish is hard as that. And I said, What can I do? I can't hurl any other way. And was this in, in with Liz Downey, was it? That team? That team was Liz Downey, it was. Yeah. Uh, there was good hurlers on the list down in the, the, the McAvoy. I, I wouldn't know any of them. They're all, God, they're all gone. I'm only, uh, myself left near. And who, many, who? Not many of my, not many of my, my age now, knocking around. I'm what? 86, that's it. 86. And not many of my age knocking around. And I worked hard. Because I, I got machinery, I was going to go off to England, and they advised me to buy a tractor and go out and do her work. I said, doing her work for 15 years, all around Galway, everywhere. 
I was kept going with it. Mm. That kind of way. And tell me, who who else was on that Liz Downey team with you? You were saying the McAvoys. Uh, they were the old ones. So we'd yeah. be to come and get the ball inside. See, with the McAvoys and the Liz Downey team. McAvoys and Young. The Hendersons, you was. The Hendersons, me too. They were different, picked from different corners. <laughs> How good it be, you know? They have a good man over them. And and I was going to tell her to meet Welsh, the builder Welsh, maybe I would tell him. He was in his relation in. Gamma. Well, not the old place, the other place. Bones Rickian. The Welsh is Bones Rickian. I used to go around with him everywhere. He took me to Andean to. See a good match above in, in Dublin to Cork and Limerick. Thurlis, you told me. Thurlis. Huh? To Thurlis you went. Didn't he carry on a bicycle to Thurlis? Huh? Didn't he take you on the bar of the bicycle to Thurlis? He did be all right. Really? Right. Really? Right. to Thurlis? Yeah. What, what, around what year might that have been? Oh, Jenny. She's doing somewhere. What, what, what the year of that, Jerry? What age did you Cork and Limerick. Oh, the Mackey, the Mackey brothers. The 30s, is it? The 40s. Mackey's, have seen them? 40s. 1950s, or so. Oh, 50s. Yeah. 40s, 50s. 40s. And Jesus. <laughs> did you see Mick Mackey play? You did? Oh, already. And John. John, yeah. And they made a song about the Mackeys. The fair air boy was flying. He was um, much hair at yourself, which was a big butch. Uh, hair, hair. What was, was the song? You sang it for me yesterday. Uh, it was called Me Curly, I had a curly. Sing the song about John Mackey, you said it yesterday. Huh? Sing the little song about John Mackey, you oh, said it yesterday. Oh, I do. The Mackey boys are flying. Oh, I've used to say John Mackey. The Mackey boys, are the fair hair boy is flying, Dad. That was about John Mackey. But Meet Mackey. When the ball come, Mick Mackey had poked it in, and when he poked it in, John had begun for the goalkeeper, and he'd bury, he'd bury him in the back of the net. <laughs> he was a hulk of a man, he was big shooters at him. And I remember looking at him like that. A hulk of a man, they were great, great horrors. And so, what, what was the field like in Thurless at the time? I sure, because uh, only a, a level field, you know what I mean? What would it be to know? And our savers, or any of the fields. Mm. There was nowhere to hurl. And not farmer might like the even. Sang that bit you sang yesterday for me. Huh? Sing the little song you sang yesterday. Oh, that. The ball is in, the war is on. Why, the ball is. And that was it. Yeah, the ball is in, the war is on, and Limerick breaks the line. The Mackey Brothers comes racing in. The fair hair boy is flying. And we had Jimmy O'Connell in in Kilkenny. O'Connell springs to save his niece, and to his sad dismay, he shook and fell. I thought from the Jack beats him all the way. That was a bit of a. Those great songs, would you know where they all came out was out of the journal. It was a great paper for Kilkenny. The drawer. Pretty it ever went. I'd pick it up every week and they'd get a, a few verses off it. The Kilkenny Journal. The Kilkenny Journal. Yeah. Pity it ever went. It was a right little paper for the GA. What was. But it was I'll tell you one there about uh, the Mackies. To the worst, I said there was shocking men. They used to fight in the sea and go home. Were the good hurlers. Huh? Were the good hurlers. Oh, great for all, all great. Two big wide men. They're all as they go for the fireplace. Big wide men. Lads, you know it. And when you were a young lad, start, huh? when you were a young lad and you were starting off hurling, you were hurling as a young lad, who were the players you were looking up to? Who were the the heroes of the day? Or? We'd come back and we'd start shouting that uh, among ourselves then. Go on, Mackey, and go on, imagine we were Mackey ourselves, you know. Lance shouting, go on, Mick Mackey, go on, John. And then there was Timmy Ryan in Limerick, and he was a grand fella, a good looking man. And Bill the Welsh 
Well, the Shy people like the Hennessy's, Mickey Hennessy, you know, or Seamus. And he, he went down and shook hands with him. There was a man with Timmy Ryan in the middle of the after the match in Thurgis. And he said, Give the hold to the young lad. I was the young lad. And Timmy Ryan handed me his orders and left it to me. I was the Jordan Timmy Ryan's order. He played the middle of the field for him, which was a great order again. And they were all, they were shocking men to the world. Great men, you know. A hefty men. Eight no mates for anything. They were tough to the world. Sleeping out. One lad played with Kilkenny there. And he won an all He was got in the ditch at five o'clock in the morning in three castles. Jack Ratchford was his name. And, and he played with Kilkenny and won an all in Being that poor there, brother. And the whole there. And would there have been many of you going off on the bikes to, to Thurless that day or oh, going or to Manchester? He'd be patching a bike the week before. And, and painted over and over and brushed it. Tying bits of your the colours out of it. Oh, I used to There was another lad in Bay with purses, you heard tell the three purses. They used to have over the yards of this. One of them had a bite. And he'd be passing it over to and he'd say, Would you ever give me a, a blast in the last wheel? <laughs> that was a bash wheel of the bike. Would you ever give me a blast in the bash wheel of the bike? Yeah, it was all speaks and gallery and that time. And you, you were a good hurler yourself, Billy. I wasn't bad. You, were you were picked for a county minor team, I were was. you? There were knee wins with me. That knee went five or six times. I was in Kikini for 11 weeks under Dr. Driscoll of Cork. And he's come every fortnight to see how it was going on. Look at it like that. Lord, let you know or not. Come back again and after another part. And did you hurt it hurt I got hard shots. Yeah. And I broke a nose. I came up trance on one side in the heap of blood. I got more shots with it. Where's that You went to Dr. Moore, what you say to your dog? Where is it? Oh, there's, there's that here. Look at that. You should raise out. That was the greatest team of all. Kilkenny All-Ireland Champions, 1935. Yeah, and he's in that under Blanche Fields. Uh, Larry Marr. Uh, Larry Marr. Fan yeah. Ah, Martin White. I met Martin, yeah. Did you? I did, I recorded Martin. Yeah. 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 Flying it. I seen him already. Did you? I did. Oh God, he was a tough yo. Good hurler though. Yeah. What about Larry Marr? Oh, and then was tough. Is Jack McClay in that, you know? I think he was the toughest I've seen hurler. Jack McKinney. Jack McClay. Did you see Larry Frank Marr hurling? They were great. Did you see Larry Marr hurling? No, really? Yes. I did. I never practiced much. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. I was here no really. Yeah. And what was he like? Oh, she was shocking. He had, there was another song about him. <coughs> He's cut from the sideline where the best we've seen yet. Like a ball from a cannon. He shook the clear. The world came. <laughs> like a ball from a cannon. He shook the clear air. I was. Uh, I had an uncle that played cards every night. Oh, Lord. Uncle in Tyrone. He was lying and playing cards every night. Oh, yes. Uh, and he, w- he was related to the cabinets here in, in Jack Cabinet. I played the pe- middle of the field with Jack Cabinet. He was a, a, a whore to his foot there class. Jack Cabinet. Kid Mary's. Ah, oh, right, yeah, 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 yeah. You were seen as a heroine. Yes, it's skinny. <laughs> I haven't played an old practice match, General. Come here, t- tell me about being picked for the county minor team. Ah, that was back in, I don't know what year. Was it near the war, was it, sir? 
Something broke out, you couldn't go. Something happened. Oh, I forgot that no last night. The war broke out or something. Yeah. The war was called off. It was called off, I think. 1942 and 43 at Pedro Johnstone, my hero. Myself and little Johnny Evers were simple too. It was illegal that time we bought Johnny Evers. He shouldn't be with us at all. Who Johnstone? And he played me in the middle of the field. Who was over then was Charlie Byrne, the North American. Charlie Byrne's uncle. What was his name? Charlie again. Charlie, Charlie again. And Jim Dawson and John Summer and Jim Darberry. They're all dead, so they're all gone. And would you have done any training at all, or would you have just gone to matches to play matches? What? Would you have done any training, or would you have just gone to play the matches? Oh. When you were hurling? We made it our business to go every, every evening. We would go for a. And they would all come and say, Go and be a call, and she would be a call. My mother would be come out. Come on, really, come in, come in. The morning is coming. Yeah, oh, we would have to be in a certain hour. They were very exact, the mothers and father. And the rosary didn't hour in the knee. But the rosary would have to be set. They were very holy. It's a bit of work, yeah. Great parents and they got terrible hard. They got terrible hard to rear families. So, and would you would you have listened to matches on the radio on the wireless at home or anything or huh? would you have listened to matches on on the wireless? Oh, the would. Why? We'd, we'd go to hear the match of a Sunday evening on the wireless. But there was no wireless in Rallow and Beggar gone by. There was one of the Rochers beyond in the Cross of Beggar. and we went on one evening the whole episode of Party Ryan Jackman. Whole heap was about 20 of us outside the window. We make that listen. Well, look, that was Billy Dredden, but we'll have more from that. What a wonderful story and what a great recall of uh, of life in those days. Look, that's not just the GA, that is just Irish history and is such, uh, so valuable. We'll have more from Billy Dredden next week. I hope they all uh, enjoyed that out in Galmai. And Mary, you were a great help there, giving them the little bit of extra information, egging them on there. Well done for that. Uh, you played an important part. Look, that's it from Talk Sport this evening. A very different programme, but a programme I enjoyed nevertheless. TC Tars World Games. Smart.